Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. And today I decided to do a solo episode after hearing from a few of you that you missed the shorter, more life advice y types of episodes. Um, the last three episodes have been interviews. So, what I'm thinking I'd like to do is a mix of both. Some of these uh, that we started with, the more snackable, personal development, some sort of um, behavioral psychology principle that relates to human behavior that we can apply to our day-to-day lives. I still love that stuff. Um, But I also have like, guys, I have like eight to 10 amazing conversations in the can that I just need to edit. Um, And I'm continuing to to record those interviews. And I really want to share that content with you as well. So I'd like to do both and I want to hear from you. Like, let me know if that sounds good to you, if you like that kind of a mix of both the shorter 15 to 20 minute episodes and the longer conversations and interviews with interesting people. On a different note, yesterday I pulled off the side of the road in a residential neighborhood and I just cried. Like straight up Kim K ugly cry, unhinged, unfiltered, unstifled bawling for, yeah, like a good 20, 25 minutes. And I was in this residential neighborhood where I thought that like I was in a good spot, like, oh, no one's going to walk by me here. I'm in this random nondescript cul-de-sac. There isn't a lot of coming and going. Like, okay, I can really just let it all out here. And then of course, Within like three or four minutes, I see a guy like walking up around the cul-de-sac. He's got a baby strapped to his back. He's got a dog. Uh, But at that point, I'm like, fuck it. This This is it right now. This is where I'm at. And I don't care what a stranger who I'll probably never see again thinks of me just having a breakdown in my car right now. So I cried. And I didn't look him in the eye when he walked right by me on the sidewalk where I was parked. I just kept crying. (laughs) And then he came by again, (laughs) like 10, 15 minutes later, and deja vu, still crying. (laughs) So clearly this guy lives in the neighborhood and was like doing his daily laps. But whatever, when you got to do it, you got to do it. So that's lesson one of the day. It is okay to feel your feelings. Crying does not have to mean that something is wrong. It can just mean that things are hard, right? Sometimes we just need an outlet for the feelings that we tend to bottle up. The fear, anger, discomfort, resentment, self-criticism, impatience, overwhelm, anxiety, depression, all of it. We carry around a lot, guys. And sometimes we just need that physiological catharsis. And for me, yesterday was just one of those days. So I'm full on Kim K ugly crying, despite the fact that things are finally starting to fall into place for me. So I start a new job tomorrow, which I am pumped about. I've kind of homed in on the area of town here in San Diego that I want to live in. Uh, I've been driving around all these different neighborhoods, and I think I've kind of pinpointed where I want to be. 
So now I'm starting to schedule viewings of places in that area. And this movement that I've been longing for for the last few months is is finally starting to happen. And while I'm super grateful for that, it's still hard. It's still hard because now it's like in sight, but I don't have it yet. And it's it's hard to feel like you're in purgatory, in limbo, not settled, despite knowing that I will be soon. I know that I will be soon. But the fact that I cannot control the when of any of it has been super hard for me. So anyways, that is just a quick reminder that it is okay to cry, it is okay to feel your feelings, and it doesn't have to mean that anything is drastically wrong. All right, on to today's topic of curiosity. This week, I wanted to share with you kind of a how-to episode, how to narrow the gap between today you and future you. So this one's super personal development-y, guys. I hope you're here for it. I'm in the middle of reading Adam Grant's new book. I know I've talked about him so much and it's going to keep coming because I love this guy. I think he is one of the most innovative thought leaders out there right now. So he is the top ranked professor at the Wharton School of Business. He is an organizational psychologist. He has sold millions of copies of his books. He's a New York Times bestseller. He's also been on the TED stage a number of times. And he just came out with this new book called Hidden Potential. So I barely got a few pages into this book before I whipped out the highlighter uh, to capture this gem of a quote on page six, I believe. He says, you can't tell where people will land from where they begin. With the right opportunity and motivation to learn, anyone can build the skills to achieve greater things. Potential is not a matter of where you start but of how far you travel. We need to focus less on starting points and more on distance traveled. I'm going to say that last part again. Potential is not a matter of where you start, but of how far you travel. We need to focus less on starting points and more on distance traveled. That really, really hit for me. I'm thinking about, you know, your silver spoon kids, your beneficiaries of nepotism, your trust fund babies, people who just generally have been given more of an upper hand in life and just don't have as far of a distance to travel as people not born into that type of privilege, wealth, exceptional circumstances. And reaching your potential, it's about narrowing the gap between your current self and that future self that you are striving towards, right? But to be clear, this is not a perfect self. I'm air quoting right now. There is no such thing as perfect. There is no utopian, idealized picture of the future where everything in your life is perfect that does not exist. What I am talking about is making incremental, yet significant progress towards the things that you value most. Actively seeking that discomfort that inches you a little bit, a little bit more every single day towards your goals. And it is very unlikely that you're going to wake up one morning and say to yourself, Hey, I'm here. I've arrived. I am now that future self that I've been working towards for so long. It, it doesn't happen that way. That type of overwhelming 
but momentary epiphany, it's just, it's not really a thing. Typically, it's only when you actively force yourself to think about how far you've come that it occurs to you how much you've grown. Again, distance traveled, not starting point, distance traveled. There's a great quote in this book by Brianna Wiest. Uh, The book is called The Mountain Is You. And the quote, it goes like this. You don't change in breakthroughs. You change in micro shifts. Breakthroughs do not happen spontaneously. They are tipping points. Revelations occur when ideas that were sitting in the margins of your mind finally get enough attention to dominate your thoughts. These are those clicking moments. The moment when you finally understand advice you've heard your entire life, the moments when you've habituated yourself to a pattern of behavior for long enough that it becomes instinctive. A mind-blowing singular breakthrough is not what changes your life. A micro shift is. Woo! That's so powerful. And I've talked in the past about this idea that the only way to become your future self is to make the decisions today that they would make. If you continue to make the choices that today you would make, then you're just going to keep getting more of today you for the foreseeable future. (laughs) But when you make choices that future you would make, you are narrowing that gap, that gap between today you and the future you that you want to become. Future you would get up a half hour earlier to meditate or move your body a little or write or read. Future you would choose the salad instead of the fries. Future you would invest that money that you just that just hit your future you would invest that money instead of online shopping. It's not about delaying gratification. It's about prioritizing your long-term goals over your short-term unhealthy habits, right? Because that's the only way to change those habits is to interrupt them with that longer term perspective, to ask yourself if those are the choices that future you would make, and if they're not, to make that different choice. So let's talk about choosing the harder thing in those crossroads moments, the thing that serves your long-term goals and future you. How do we make it easier to choose that path? I wanted to share with you guys today one tactic that I learned about, and it's in this book called How to Change by Katie Milkman, another Wharton professor. I'm just really feeling the Wharton folks, y'all. They know what they're doing over there. So she wrote a book called How to Change, and she talks about this psychological principle that she coined temptation bundling, quote. So what that involves is making tempting things or experiences that you want to do dependent on desirable behaviors that you should do. So she calls this the want versus should conflict. It's the tension between what you want to do because it delivers on a craving or a temptation versus what you know you should do because it's in your best interest. So rather than counterposing them, the basis of the temptation bundling strategy is to link these two elements together. So Katie Milkman ran a study with college kids where the goal was to test different incentives for getting them to exercise more often. 
that was the should. Exercising more often is the should here. Then the want was listening to their favorite audiobooks. That was the temptation element, the thing that they wanted to do. So one test group would only get to listen to an iPod loaded with their favorite audiobooks while they were at the gym. The iPod stayed at the gym. And the fact that I'm saying iPod means you know that this this study is a little bit dated, (laughs) but the principle stands. So the iPod stays at the gym. They can only access it there. They can only use it when they're working out. And then another group got to take the iPod home with them and listen to it whenever they they wanted, exercising, not exercising, whatever. And then the third group was given, I believe it was a one-time like monetary incentive to work out more. So what the results showed was that the group who only got to listen to their audiobooks while they were at the gym had a significantly higher attendance rate than the other two groups. So we can make this same principle work for us. This could look like listening to your morning podcast, but only while you take a walk around the neighborhood. Or it could be watching your favorite trashy reality TV show, but only while you're cleaning or doing dishes or folding laundry. Or it could be getting a pedicure while you're paying the bills from your phone or your laptop or taking a bath while you make that dreaded phone call that you've been putting off. These are just examples, like make it work for you, right? The main thing to keep in mind here is that you want the cadence to be the same. You want the cadence of the should habit that you were trying to build to match the cadence of the existing want, the craving or behavior that you currently have pretty well ingrained. I'm really curious to know what types of temptation bundles you guys think up. So please tag me on social, reach out to me directly. I love hearing from you guys. I love feedback. And if anything in today's episode was helpful, whether it's just the reminder that it's okay to cry and to feel your feelings and nothing has to be wrong, (laughs) or if it's about hidden potential and temptation bundling, if anything at all was helpful, I really encourage you to just share it with someone who you think it would also help. I'm a big proponent of pay it forward. I mean, anybody who knows me, I am like the queen of unsolicited advice. I am the queen of like, oh, I listened to a podcast about that very thing. Let me send you a link. Did you ask for a link? No, probably not. Did you ask for a quote from some study about a related topic? No, you sure didn't, but you got it. Please continue to like the podcast, leave me a review, share it on your social, comment, and most importantly, subscribe. Share and subscribe. Those are the main calls to action here because we are not hoarders of advice, right? We're not hoarders of information. Sharing is caring. Those are the types of people that we are. We want to pay it forward. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for coming back every week. And the next episode likely will be another interview with a very interesting person. I'm not going to do any spoilers or any cliffhangers here. You'll just have to listen next week. And until then, stay curious.